Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well. Um, all the staff of Station of the Cross is working remotely today because there is predicted somewhere between three and six feet of snow in Buffalo. So I'm, I'm, I'm here in Texas, and we don't have any sign of snow at all. We get a lot of rain down here, but no snow. So it must be gorgeous, but it's not very good for travel but it must be gorgeous up there. So we pray for the people in Buffalo, especially for the homeless um, in this weather, and we thank God for uh, such uh, skill and equipment and expertise that can produce the program from remotely. It's just wonderful. We have three men on this program working in different locations, and I'm yet in another one. So it's, it's truly truly wonderful, and I thank God for it. We, this morning, in the midst of not good news, are going to go back and continue, not back, but continue forward with the Catechism Explained, an exhaustive exposition of the Christian religion. The Christian religion is the Catholic Church. It is the religion that God willed, that he gave to the world, and he gave no other. He did not give Protestantism in its 50,000 denominations. He did not give any other faith. He gave Judaism. He didn't give the Judaism of today, but the law which he gave to Moses. And that law was um, fulfilled uh, in our Lord's sacrifice. But the covenant with Abraham continues um, uh, until the end of the world. That continues. The The covenant with Moses was provisional. Um, how they live out the covenant with Abraham and our Lord fulfilled that law. So the covenant of the Old Testament under Moses, the law, is no longer in effect. Um, because Jesus fulfilled it all. Everything in the Old Testament, every theme of every book, every sacrifice, every piece of furniture in the tabernacle, every single thing was fulfilled in Christ. As Apostle Paul said, the law was our schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. But Abraham and his seed, singular, which is Christ, um, the covenant God made with Abraham that all the nations will be blessed, um, through Abraham's seed, that uh, endures to the end of time. So, um, uh, and the new covenant in our Lord's blood, his body and blood, um, uh, again, is the fulfillment of the old Jesus that I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, which indeed he did. And that is the promise also included in the promise of Abraham, of God to Abraham. <clears throat> that may sound a little complicated. We might do an entire program on that one day. But right now, we're up to Section 5 in the Catechism Explained, which is the Christian faith. And we covered Point 1, which says Christian faith is the firm conviction 
arrived at with the grace of God that all that Jesus Christ taught on earth is true as well as all that the Catholic Church teaches by the commission she has received from him. The second point is that faith is concerned with many things which we cannot perceive with our senses and cannot grasp with our understanding. And the third point, which we are at this morning, is that we act quite in concordance with reason when we believe. Isn't it God who said, come, let us reason together? Because we trust ourselves to God's truthfulness and because we know for certain that the truths of faith are revealed to us by God. The sisters and I yesterday did a very unusual thing, very unusual thing. We heard of the film Prophet, um, and it is about the cardinal who really formed uh, John Paul II, Wazinski, an absolute, magnificent, holy, courageous cardinal, um, bishop, and then cardinal. And we went to see it last night. It was in, in it was only playing that we understand uh, two days, November 15th and yesterday. We have not been to the theater in years, and we were the only two groups in the theater, only two groups in the theater. And the whole place was empty. And we saw a, an, a pretty awful, riveting film. Uh, I saw it. I wanted to see it and go out of our way because I thought it might be a film to purchase by the thousands and send to every bishop in this country. But I'm not going to do that because our bishops are so silent. They have so given in uh, in in mass in 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 great number to the evil of this day to the lack of truth they have so in in large measure given up their vocations they're silent which speaks of complicity um, or they speak falsehood or they give in to the world Oh, they give in to the falsehoods that the devil has spread in the Catholic Church. There are a few good, strong bishops. But for the most part, they too have remained silent. And again, <clears throat> if you're a shepherd, can you imagine a shepherd with a flock of sheep and one little one goes astray? And our Lord says he leaves the 99 and goes, goes and gets that one. He doesn't lose, lose any. Our Lord said he hasn't lost any that God gave him. But the shepherds, what we have, are losing most of their flock. And the ones they're not losing, they're not losing because of their uh, shepherding, but because the sheep have become so strong. Uh, it's, it's a dire, terrible situation. I've said, um, and Michael Voris, uh, the Vortex, uh, on other programs that I do not believe we would be in the position we're in were it not for Catholics, because Catholics, at least those who call themselves Catholics, are numerable enough to have elected better presidents and elected 
and, and put better laws in place, moral laws, moral men and women. And we have not done that. It's absolutely shameful. The presidents we've had, the laws that have been put in place are our fault. You may say, not my fault, I voted right. Well, but we're not individuals. We're the people of God. And we need to live as a people, as the people of God. So I feel great shame for our witness in the world. Uh, It's one thing to lack witness. It's another thing to give a witness that is no different than the world, to vote like the world. Abortions are as much as the world. Divorce are as much or more of the world. LGBTQ bishops are giving in left and right. It is utterly embarrassing and shameful. So I think if I bought the film Prophet in the thousands and sent it to every bishop in the country, it might be one or two bishops on whom God sheds his grace for this. But I don't know that it would do any good. It's a sad, sad situation. And I would say, dear bishops, um, for you individually to repent, to repent, to go to confession, and to repent, and to begin. It's never too late. Just like you tell us, the sheep, it's never too late to live your faith and your vocation. It's never too late for broken marriage to be restored. It's never too late for those who have been unfaithful to be faithful. It's never too late. As long as you have breath, you can repent and turn around. And dear bishops, I suggest you would do that. I beg you, for your own souls, you cannot lead the sheep if you are not on your way to heaven yourself. And most bishops in this country, I can't imagine that you are. By your very silence, you have abandoned your vocations. If you allow LBGT churches, same-sex marriage, you allow any of that in your diocese, under your watch, there's no heaven for you. You need to close those churches. You need to destroy those ceremonies. You need to go in and turn over everything as our Lord did in the temple with the money changes. You need to be a true successor of the apostles. So back to our catechism. Point three says, we act quite in accordance with reason when we believe because we trust ourselves to God's truthfulness and because we know for certain that the truths of faith are revealed to us by God. We'll continue, beloved, when we come back from the break. There's the music for our first break. You are welcome to call in uh, this program with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Again, with anything on your heart, if you believe these things and you live counter to that belief, you do not believe them. The Jewish person will say, I don't care what you say. I will tell you what you believe by the way you live, and they will be right. We'll be right back. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we have... Uh, good amount of time. Our lines are wide open, and I'm inviting you to call in at any point during this program. Uh, toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. And we have Philip from Chicago on the line. Hi, Philip. Are you there, Philip? Okay, what we're going to do, if, if Philip, I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm going to go back to the um, to the catechism, and I'll I'll check back to see if if we've got you. So we're on point three, that we act quite in accordance with reason when we believe, because we trust ourselves to God's truthfulness, and because we know for certain that the truths of faith are revealed to us by God, and. Uh, Reverend Sparago explains that a short-sighted man believes a man with longer sight when he tells them that a balloon is floating in the heavens. A blind man believes one with sound sight when he tells him that the map before him is a map of Europe. We believe in the existence of the cities of Constantinople, Pekin, Pekin and Buenos Aires, though we may never have seen them. In so doing, we act reasonably. But how far more reasonably do we act? 
when we believe God. Man may be mistaken or may be deceiving us, whereas God cannot err and cannot deceive us. It is the truthfulness of God on which we rely when we make an act of faith. We must, however, previously be certain that the doctrine or fact which we are asked to believe is one that has really been revealed by God. God bears witness to himself as the author of the truths of faith by many actions that he alone can perform, such as miracles and prophecies. The man of goodwill can always find a sufficient reason for believing, a man of bad will an excuse for not believing. We believe the words of Christ because he is the Son of God and can neither deceive or be deceived. Moreover, he has established the truth of what he taught by the miracles that he worked. It would be a blasphemy to suppose that our Lord, who is truth himself, could never have in one single instance deceived us. Let me reread that. It would be a blasphemy to suppose that our Lord, who is truth himself, could ever, could ever, could ever have in one single instance deceived us. Hence, faith gives us a greater certainty than the evidence of our senses. Our senses can deceive us. God cannot deceive us. Christ himself appeals to the miracles he wrought when he says, if anyone will not believe me, let him believe the works. In the Gospel of John chapter 10. We believe the teaching of the church because Christ guides the church to all truth through the Holy Spirit and guards it against all error. And also because God, even up to the present day, has confirmed the truth of the teaching of the Catholic Church by miracles. Our Lord, before his ascension, said to his apostles, Behold, I am with you all days, even to the end of the world. And at the Last Supper, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you an, another... <coughs> Pardon me. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another paraclete, that he may remain with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is therefore still in the midst of the church. And by the way, when our Lord said, I will ask the Father, he will give you another paraclete, another word for paraclete is comforter. And when he said another paraclete, the word in the original language means another of the same kind. So if our Lord is God, and Father is his Father is God, and he will give you another paraclete, comforter of the same kind, it means that paraclete would also be God. And that he may remain with you forever, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is therefore still in the midst of the church. Just as he was on the day of Pentecost, God, moreover, still works miracles in the Catholic Church. Witness, for example, the countless miracles of Lourdes and those that take place at the well of St. Winifred in Wales, and also those that must precede every beatification. 
witness again the numerous bodies of the saints that have remained incorrupt for long years after their death, as those of St. Francis Xavier, St. Teresa, St. Elizabeth of Portugal, St. John of the Cross, and many others. Witness again the head of the Venerable Oliver Plunkett in the Dominican convent of Drogheda, which not only remains incorrupt, but emits a most delicious fragrance. Most of these bodies were buried in the earth for years and were found incorrupt when their graves were opened. Witness again the miracle which takes place at Naples every year when the blood of St. Januarius becomes liquid on being brought near the silver case in which the head of the saint is kept and again solidifies as soon as it is removed. Each gives us a more certain knowledge than that which we gain through our senses or that which we arrive at by our reasoning powers. Our senses can mislead us. God cannot. A stick, part of which is in the water, looks bent. A sound that strikes against a flat building seems to come from the opposite quarter to that whence it really proceeds. Our intellect, too, can deceive us. Weakened as it is by original sin, as we see better with a telescope than with the naked eye, when the object is far away, so faith sees further and better than reason. We must not confuse faith with opinion. Faith is certain and sure. Opinion is not. Faith, beloved, is a gift of God. And Jesus said, Whoever comes to me I will not cast out. If you don't have faith, if you have little faith, if you're not sure if you have faith, come to God with a humble heart and ask him for the gift of faith. He will not withhold that gift from anyone who seeks him with a pure heart. Let me just look back to see if we can get a hold of Philip right now. I think not. Okay, looks like he's gone. Sorry, Philip, I don't know what what happened this morning. Point four is the Christian faith comprises all the doctrines of the Catholic faith. The Christian faith, beloved, comprises all the doctrines of the Catholic faith. He who willfully disbelieves a single, willfully disbelieves a single doctrine of the Catholic Church has no true faith. I said this yesterday, that if you say, I believe the Catholic Church is just one thing I don't believe, well, then you put yourself above God and you're arrogant and you don't believe the Catholic Church at all. Oh, yes, I do. It's just this one thing. Then you put yourself above God. If the Catholic Church is true, everything it teaches infallibly, not the opinions of popes or bishops, but everything that the Catholic Church has taught with certainty is true. And if you, little pipsqueak, little mind who has finite and been created, Uh, You didn't create the world. How do you come off saying, I don't believe that? Then you're not Catholic. Then you're not Catholic. There's a book that is uh, very good, and I read it on my way to the church. It's Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma. 
by Ludwig Ott, O-T-T. And in that, it's a catechism, magnificent. And it gives you the degree of certainty of all of the beliefs. Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma. You can get it from catholic.com, probably most bookstores, uh, online in a zillion places. Uh, Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma by Ludwig Ott, O-T-T. It's a tremendous book to have in your library. I'll repeat this sentence. He who willfully disbelieves a single doctrine of the Catholic Church has no true faith, for he who receives some of the words of Christ and rejects others does not really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he guides the Catholic Church. A faith which does not comprise all the doctrines of the Catholic Church is no faith at all. It is like a house without a foundation. A man who believes all other Catholic doctrines but rejects the infallibility of the Pope has no true faith. What, it, what insolence it is on the part of men to treat God like a dishonest dealer, some of whose goods they accept and others they reject. What utter folly to think that we know better than God. As a bell in which there is one little crack is worthless, as one false note destroys a harmony, as a grain of sand in the eye prevents one from seeing, so the rejection of a single dogma makes faith impossible. He who willfully rejects a single dogma sins against the whole body of doctrine of the Catholic Church. Hence, no heretic, if he is so um, through, hence no heretic, if he is so through his own fault, can make an act of faith even in the existence of God or the divinity of Jesus Christ. Although it is necessary to faith that all the teaching of the Catholic Church should be believed, yet it is not necessary to be acquainted with every one of her doctrines. It's good if we are beloved. It's good if we are educated. But you cannot disbelieve what you don't know, and you're not required to know every single thing. But a Catholic must, at the very least, know that there is a God and that God directs the life of men, rewards the good, and punishes the wicked. He must also know that there are three persons in God and that the second person of the Blessed Trinity has become man and has redeemed us on the cross. St. Paul tells us that he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that seek him. This was the minimum required before the coming of Christ, and is now required of those who have never come within reach of the gospel. In a country where the gospel is preached, the case is quite different, and no one can be admitted to the sacraments of baptism or penance until he has been instructed in the above-mentioned truths. He who has an opportunity of being instructed must also learn and understand the Apostles' Creed, the commandments of God and the Church, and also he must have some knowledge of the doctrines of grace. We'll be right. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. Praise be to Jesus. The iCatholic Radio mobile app is two apps in one. Your place to hear great Catholic programs and music. Here's what listeners are saying about the updated iCatholic Radio mobile app. Through the iCatholic Radio app, I have listened to the sermons and teachings several times. The effect has been a deeper understanding of my faith and Catholic tradition. This app has truly been a blessing in my life and has increased my faith. With the new app, you can choose to listen to our programs like Mother Miriam Live or The Catholic Current whenever you like. But you can also switch over to the best in contemporary music by Catholic artists. We even bring you hours of Gregorian chant every Sunday morning. If you do not currently have our app, download it to your iPhone through the Apple Store or to your Android phone by going to Google Play and searching iCatholic Radio. The updated iCatholic Radio mobile app, your one stop for great Catholic programs and music. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live And this is our half hour, all to ourselves. Our phone lines are wide open, and you're welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart, not our subject. Call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. And Phil, dear one, I think we had a technical problem when you called, so call back at any time. We have Joel from Ontario, Canada, on the line. Hi, Joel. Hello, my name is Joel Boshu. Uh, uh, I would like to ask, like, uh, you know how in the Prieta prayer book uh, it says not to criticize priests and stuff like that, okay? but uh, I don't think it's pr- approved by the church or anything, like the, the book, I mean, itself. Okay? But, like, anyway, uh, is, it good, is it good to... Uh, uh, Admonish priests if they're doing something wrong, like you know, to talk to them, you know, instead of you know, uh, just criticizing or you know, uh, something like that. Like, it's, I think it's, I think it's good to talk to the talk to the priest, right? Like right. To, to make sure that he saves the soul. One hundred percent, Joel. A hundred percent. It's it's. Um, I'm talking about John James Martin specifically. Say it again, Joel. Uh, yeah, the last sentence, repeat. James Martin specifically, because he's like talking about 
Um, you know, homosexuality and stuff like that. Oh, well, my. shame on the bishops and our pope for promoting him all over the world. Absolutely shameful. There's no yeah. answer or excuse for that. We must correct our priests if they're wrong. We must, for their souls and for the sake of the faithful that they're leading astray. We need to do it realizing that we're speaking to a priest, an altar Christus, at least who should be one. So we need to do it respectfully, but we need to do it respectfully, come as a sheep to a shepherd, and if possible, come with the faith or the catechism or that particular point that you're speaking to about in church yeah, documents I mean, written yeah, out so I mean, you could hand it like, to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like 2357, 2359, right? Say it like again. Paragraphs, the paragraphs 2357 to 2359. In the like, catechism? I, I was talking with that one. Like he's talking against it. It's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know? I, I'd have to look it up to read that. What, I, do you have it in front of you? Go ahead and read it. Okay. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but it has to do with the homosexuality and the fact that it's a, a it's important that uh, people who have that inclination, the homosexual or trans ideas and stuff like that, the the uh, the live a life of charity to uh, work with Jesus to uh, to live That's right. with Jesus, you know, for eternity eventually. Yeah. And it's the same way that people that aren't homosexual, that are regular, uh, but are not married, we have to live a celibate uh-huh. life. Yeah. Period. Period. And any priest that or bishop that says otherwise is going to be gravely accountable for uh, teaching such falsehood when the Apostle Paul says homosexuals and um, others, including gossips, will not get into heaven, will not see the kingdom of heaven. It's very, very serious. So if a priest is teaching that, Father James Martin, how he continues to be a priest at large in the Catholic Church is a tremendous, tremendous mystery. It's a tremendous, bishops, I want to tell you, if you allow Father James Martin in your diocese to speak, um, you, not Father Martin, you, by allowing him to speak in your diocese in any way or teach in any way, uh, you are destroying your sheep by giving them what is utterly false and will lead them to hell. The scandal. Like the Terrible scandal. scandal. Like leading people to evil. Right? That's right. That's right, Joel. Yeah. You're 100% right. 100%. God bless you, dear brother. Be confident. Um, you're, you're right. You're doing well. And may God use you to continue to help others to know how serious this is. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay. Th- Thanks for your call, Joel. We have an email. Uh, we started this yesterday at the end of the program from Isadora, um, and I, I quickly answered her, but never got through the email. So Isadora says, hi, um, I'm from Poland, but live in Sweden. Which day is the true Sabbath? Should we Catholics do as Jesus did on Saturday, or should we observe Sunday as Sabbath? Well, neither one of that. We don't do as Jesus did because Jesus was born under the law, the law of Moses, which he kept perfectly. And Saturday, the seventh day, was the Sabbath, which was their day of rest. 
It is the only one of the commandments that are not part of the natural law. That was part of the discipline for Israel. Uh, the natural law is the law of God in our heart. We do observe Sunday, but it's not our Sabbath. The Sabbath remains on Saturday. Sunday is not the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. Seventh day of the week. Sunday is uh, the first day of the week, or what the church calls the eighth day, in that it is the new creation. Why do we worship on Sunday? Why did St. Paul and all the Jews, early Hebrew Christians, why did they worship on Sunday? Because they had been worshiping Saturday, but they came to believe that the Lord of the Sabbath rose from the dead on Sunday. And 1 Corinthians chapter 16 shows, shows us that they began to meet on Sunday. Um, Isadora says, I myself observe Sunday, good, but I have a hard time because my son's father is telling me all the time that it's not correct, that the church changed it, church did not change it, and Constantine and the resurrection and so on. No, 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 no. And he has a point. How can we human change something that God put in the law from the beginning? We cannot. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, and he fulfilled it. Book of Hebrews, the writer of the Hebrews says that when we're in Christ, we have entered into our Sabbath rest. Sunday is not the Sabbath. It is our day of rest and worship of God. No man can change his laws, no power on earth. Not even Peter could, she says. And then another question. So I, I hope in, in that's answered. I wonder if your husband is a Protestant. And then another question. Why are not we as Catholics observing God's holidays like all those in the Bible, Rosh Hashanah and others? Because um, they were given specifically to the Jewish people who were set apart by their laws, by their liturgy, by their food, by their clothing, by their government, by everything. They were set apart as a peculiar people. And the law didn't save them but they could not be saved if they didn't keep it. If they rejected it, there was no salvation. If they kept it, it didn't save them. The law was their tutor to lead them to Christ. And so they are not for us to keep. Now, if one comes from a Jewish background and you've celebrated Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and uh, all of that uh, all your life, you are certainly, there's no reason for you to stop. There's no reason for you to not celebrate it. You don't need to, but there's, you're welcome to, but it is not for salvation. There's not a single law, including circumcision, of the old co covenant that um, uh, uh, merits toward salvation. Absolutely none. Uh, salvation is in Christ alone. We cannot earn our salvation. We do attain to it. We attain to it by obeying God in the commandments that he gave for the entire world, not by keeping the commandments he gave specifically to the people he formed and through whom he would bring the Messiah. And so Isadora says, please help me out. I've tried to get answers from the internet and others, but have not had an answer that is trustworthy. All answers dance around the question like people are afraid of answering them. Well, I hope I haven't danced around the question. Again, you are welcome to celebrate those those holidays, but they're no longer holy days for us. They no longer um, pertain to salvation because salvation himself came from the Jewish people, for the Jews, 
to the Jews first and to the entire world. She says, I'm sick and tired of being attacked because of my faith, and I cannot defend it properly. I love my faith, but because I get so attacked, I start to doubt, and I ask God to help me. Never doubt, Isadora. Never, ever doubt. She says, my son's father says that I'm wandering in the dark. Well, if you say your son's father, I'm going to assume you're divorced or separated. Um, uh, and the Catholic Church is the whore of Babylon. It's what I thought. He's a Protestant. And that the Vatican is the seat of Satan. That's what I was taught in 18 years of evangelical Protestantism. I don't believe that, even if I dislike Pope Francis, but I do pray for him. Good for you. By the way, my son's father is not a Jew, but a Messianic Christian, a, mis a mix of Protestant and wannabe Jew. <laughs> he said we should follow Jesus and do and celebrate how Jesus did. No, 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 no. Um, he's an evangelical Protestant, no matter what he says, a Messianic Jew, Messianic Christian, Jew or not, um, is, uh, is evangelical Protestant in their theology. And we don't do and celebrate how Jesus did because, again, he was born under the Old Covenant. And at the Last Supper, that was fulfilled in him. In the New Covenant, in his new blood, where Jeremiah and Ezekiel said, God said through them, I will put a new law in your heart. Um, he said we should follow Jesus and do and celebrate how Jesus did, not as religious organizations do, and the Catholic Church is false, that we have made it up. Well, he's ignorant. He's not stupid, but he's ignorant. He simply does not know. Um, please help me out. And no, we are not married. I have lived with him almost 19 years now, and we have fought a lot, but we have a son together, and we love him and want him to have both his parents, and yes, we love each other. Oh, my goodness. May God bless you and keep you safe. Thank you. Sincerely, Isadora. Isadora, honey, the most important thing for you now is to not continue to live in sin. You must not continue to live in sin. If you stay with your husband, you must live as brother and sister. You are not married. You must live as brother and and sister. Um, you must not be intimate with him. You must go to confession. He's not going to do it because he doesn't believe and he's not Catholic. You must go to confession, Isadora. You must confess the fact that you have been living in grave, grave sin for 19 years and be absolved of that and live as brother and sister for the rest of your life. And if your husband won't go along with that, you give him the reasons. Uh, explain to him that God himself, even in the Protestant world, he will not have you uh, live together in fornication. He will not. Having a son together does not make you married. You are living in grave, grave sin. And you can say to him that if he knows his Bible and if he believes our Lord, he would, Jesus created marriage, and you would not be together outside of marriage. Absolutely not. And so um, you've got a bigger problem than uh, your husband's unbelief right now, Isadora. Um, uh, you need to do something, and if he throws you out or you have to leave, you have to do that. 
uh, to stay together, to live in grave sin, and now for you it will be mortal sin. So if you die, you're on your way to hell, both of you. You don't want that. And you, if you love him, you need to tell him that. You, and you may say, well, I didn't realize it was that serious. Well, you do now because I'm telling you. If you continue to live in sin um, with your friend, the son of your father, you are in mortal sin. You are not on your way to heaven. Neither is your uh, son's father. And you will not lead your son to heaven either. This is extremely, extremely serious. Um, you've got to do something about it. Go talk to a priest. Confess. You need to be at Mass receiving the Holy Eucharist every single Sunday. And you must baptize your son. We'll be right back after this break, beloved. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. This is Rick Paolini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning at 11 for a Divine Mercy in My Soul. We are in a time of mercy. Absolutely. And we but better, we must take advantage of it. As I was just about to say, <laughs> we, we need to take a good advantage of it, make good use out of it in order to be treated with mercy at the end. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu Ufam Tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. I can easily imagine certain parties and factions in the West following with enthusiasm. And why can't we do like the Germans do, which historically has, has led to mischief, uh, I'm sorry to say. The German church has gone out pretty strong in regards to its whole idea of synodality. And Pope Francis has come back very strong as well and said, nope, that's not going to be how it is. The Catholic Current, 5 p.m. Eastern, from the Station of the Cross and on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment on Friday. We've got a weekend before us. I will miss you. Um, and we have 10 minutes. Our lines are open, and you're welcome to call in during this time, uh, toll-free or text at one 511 5483 or email at mother at We have a different Philip on the line from Lancaster, New York. Hello, Philip. 
Hello, Mother. I'm uh, glad that you're going to take my call. My question is, what do you think is the threat to the Catholic Church from transhumanism, as I myself do not believe in transhumanism? Neither does God. I tell you what, Philip, there's no threat to the Catholic Church on transhumanism. Um, The Catholic Church... The gates of hell, our Lord said he will lead his church into all truth until the end of time, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's no threat to the Catholic Church. It will last. The threat is to those people who enter into transhumanism on any level, those who teach it, those who perform it, those who enter into it for themselves. Um, That is the threat, Uh, not to the church. If, if bishops give into it and talk about it and say all are welcome, they will be in hell with those who create transhumanism. Um, it is an absolute abomination. Uh, it is not of God. Nothing of it as is of God. It's the destruction, not of the church, but of the human race to the degree it gives into this. It is the destruction of any soul, man or woman, who gives into this. The destruction of any parent who assists their child, of any doctor who assists, of any hospital who allows it. It is a ticket to hell to destroy God's creation. I know, Philip, you agree. Uh, yes, I do. And, I, and I'd like to say thank you very much, Mother, because, you know, uh, there's so much of this going around. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, you know, let me just call in and see, you know, uh, what Mother has to say, because uh, there's a number of people out there that are trying to push this uh, transhumanism. That's right. There's no such thing. A man can totally mutilate himself because he wants to be a woman, but he remains a man. A woman can completely mutilate herself or be mutilated because she wants to be a man. It doesn't matter what she does to her body, how she dresses, what she does. It doesn't matter. She's a woman. A man is a man. A woman is a woman. And no amount of surgery or makeup or clothing or anything can change that fact. God is the creator of people. We can't do anything about it. Zero about it. And if a woman wants to be a man, it's because she's never understood the beauty of a woman. And if a man wants to be a woman, he's never understood what it is to be a man. Mother, I have one other question, uh, you know, explaining this. Would that also apply to the fact that they want to uh, create people that are half human and half artificial intelligence? That's right. That is the devil's plan, a thousand percent of the devil. 1,000%. Any distortion of the human race, God's creation, we are the only uh, animal, so to speak. Uh, We're the only creation made in the image of God, and that is why the devil wants to destroy God's highest creation. We're higher than the angels. That's why the devil is doing this, and he has duped the human race into giving into it. Absolutely you are correct. Thank you very much, Mother. You've eased my uh, my concerns with all this uh, half-human and half-artificial intelligence. No, it, it's a tremendous, tremendous travesty and utter evil. 
We have an email from John who writes, Mother Miriam, my question is about the SSPX. I have family members who support them, but I cannot, since we have the FSSP, the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter, and other Latin masses, also their status. One member wants to get married in the SSPX. Am I wrong to not go because I do not support the SSPX? God bless John. You're not wrong, John. I I believe you're not wrong. The SSPX, according to Cardinal Raymond Burke, uh, Father John Murray, no, uh, Father Murray, is it John? Boy, I can't, no, Gerald, Father Gerald Murray. Um, uh, They are top canon lawyers, and they both say that the SSPX, even with the excommunications lifted, are still in schism. I have no intellect or education higher than theirs in my body. So that's what I settle on. And if there were not an FSSP around, I would say it'd be a harder choice. But as long as you have, as you have written, the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter and other Latin masses, that's where the wedding should be. And you're not wrong to not support the SSPX. There's quite a difference, which some bishops don't understand, between the the FSSP and simply Latin masses. We're not looking to simply go to a Latin mass, but to live the entire magnificent liturgical year, which can only be done in a Latin parish. But again, you have a Latin parish, the FSSP. Um, I, I, I would think that's what you should do. Although, I'll add this, um, I know the Holy Father gave them faculties, uh, the SSPX, uh, to marry uh, people. And so uh, I don't know if those, I don't know, don't take this as what's so or not, because I do not know if those faculties were lifted. I don't know if they were lifted. What I have read is that if there is a marriage at an SSPX, uh, Society of St. Pius X Parish, that the bishop must supply a diocesan priest to be there as well. And if that's the case, it might be valid and uh, you might be able to go. So you might check that out. Okay, dear ones. Um, let me see. Maybe we can take another email. We're, we're kind of Close to the end of our program, let me start Sarah's email. She says, Dear Mother Miriam, thank you for your program, for all you do. We tried to homeschool our kids for two and a half years, two and a half years. So you're looking kindergarten, first and second grade maybe. But things did not work out very well. How could they not work out very well with little babies? My sister-in-law was helping. She got extremely frustrated because my kids weren't responding well to homeschooling. If your sister-in-law is is homeschooling them, that's not what God has in mind for homeschooling. Those children are not to be raised by your sister-in-law, but by you. It's you they need. It's you who know them. A mother would not get frustrated. A mother would love. She would understand her children, and she would learn how to work with them. Sarah says, my older son went into a deep depression and actually gave up on school. My younger son did not do very well either. 
I work part-time in health care. My husband and I looked into a Catholic school, but it didn't seem very Catholic. Ultimately, my husband insisted that the kids go to public school. Um, they've been in public school for a couple of months, and so far, everything has been okay. Oh, it has not. I will tell you it has been not. Um, I, I cannot properly respond to this email, Sarah. We will take it. I'm so sorry that the weekend's between us, but we will take it on Monday. Why you need to work part-time, I have no idea. If your husband is working and why you cannot work part-time from home or have your part-time work around homeschooling your children. Uh, they are not homeschooled by your sister-in-law. Um, this is not a good situation whatsoever, dear one. Uh, have a blessed weekend, everyone, and we'll talk to you on Monday.